0: Welcome to an audio newspaper full of very unserious, partially real stories that the world needs to hear. More listening and less reading than the newspaper, but equally as sexy. This is Paper News Out Loud. Hello and good evening. I'm your host, Diane Weathersby.
1: Hello and good morning. I'm your co-host, Florence Strumsby. Thank you for listening to Paper News Out Loud. So, before we dive in, Diane has recently moved to the strange and exotic land of Colorado. So I decided that she's going to be giving us updates on how that's going every week because I'm infinitely curious slash nosy and I want to hear about her adventures. Most notably, I would like her to tally the number of elk she sees and the mountain lion attacks she witnesses. Diane, please take us away.
0: Hello, Diane here. I did indeed fall through the rift in the closet when checking the classifieds. It dumped me in the Rocky Mountains and I decided to get a job here and make it work. So far, it's going great. I live on a campus, like, resort type of area, and I have a 10-minute walk to where we meet in the morning for work, and my favorite thing is that sometimes I have to modify my route because there are elk in my way, so I have to, like, go around the elk. Um, And apparently, seeing bears is, like, no big deal here, and it's just something to keep an eye out for, and, like, it's nothing where you even need to leave the area. You just, like, give the bears their space and let them chill. Um... I actually went to Boulder today, and we went on a really great hike. I saw about 20 dogs, which was really cool. It was like the highlight of my day. So far, I haven't seen any mountain lions. It's probably because I've been wearing my anti-mountain lion leggings under all my clothes. So I think that's why it's been a non-issue. Also, all the dumpsters and outdoor trash cans here have special latches to keep the bears from getting in. They've warned us not to leave any food in our cars and to lock them or bears could get in and really mess things up. I am truly living the wildlife now.
1: But Diane, what about that movie theater popcorn you had in your car? Is that still in there?
0: Um, I got it vacuumed out, thank goodness. Otherwise, (laughs) a bear probably would have busted through my window in order to eat that. I did have garbage from the drive over here because it was like 15 hours. So I had that in my car. And they're like, yeah, you need to make sure you get your cars cleaned out pretty soon because uh, the bears will be coming out of hibernation. And like (laughs) people, like we went on a tour of like the campus area and stuff and some people had, like, stories about how they forgot to lock their car one day and, like, the bear will just get in there and if the door closes behind them, they will just wreck your entire car and it basically totals it. And then um there's also a building on the campus where um someone forgot to lock the window one time and a bear got in and, like, oh, no. <laughs> messed things up. Because, yeah, like, there's a coffee bar station that they have and it just, like, tore through that. So...
1: Everyone's worried about Planet of the Apes. We should be worried about Planet of the Bears. Just imagine if they
0: gain sentience and they could open, like, latches and stuff like that. Well, they can open car doors. Like, the latches... Like I went in the dumpster today and it was such a process. Like I had to pull out a rod and then like lift up the super heavy like <laughs> bear proof lid. lid. It was ridiculous and all the trash cans. Like you have to reach your hand way in and like lift up on a latch so like a bear paw can't fit in there. It's yeah, it's a real cool experience. But like they're everyone's like oh they're black bears, not grizzly bears. So black bears. Probably won't attack you. Like, great. (laughs) That probably comforts me. (laughs) Yeah, still probably wouldn't be too happy if I saw a bear. But, like, it's going to happen. So, I did have a spider in my room, which I think was actually worse than seeing a bear. But, like, the cool thing is I can look out my window and, like, looking at a mountain.
1: It's pretty great. Thinking about all the spiders climbing on the mountain. (laughs) (laughs) They
0: are everywhere.
1: (laughs) But, anyway... Diane, do you know what's hopping down the bunny trail right now? My youth. Close, and it's not a mountain lion. Hippity-hoppity, Easter's on its way or has already passed. So Easter is a Christian celebration of Jesus rising from the dead, but it's also the celebration of spring, new life, hard-boiled eggs, and the Easter bunny. So there are several traditions that are paired with Easter that have religious symbolism. For example, the Easter egg is said to be a symbol of new life, rebirth, and the rock that was in front of Jesus' tomb. The one that has always tripped me up, though, is the Easter bunny. Where does the lovable fluffer come from? Because guess what, Diane? The Easter
0: bunny isn't in the Bible. I thought the Easter bunny was one of the disciples.
1: (laughs) It was Judas. (laughs) It's a really bad symbolism.
0: (laughs) Like, I didn't go to Catholic school. Thank God. But I'm, I'm really pretty sure that Santa, the Easter Bunny, Jack Frost, they're all in the Bible.
1: Just They're hidden between the pages. You really have to look for them.
0: You know what, Florence? Prove me wrong right now.
1: <laughs> okay. So much like any mythical creature, the Easter Bunny's origin is a little foggy. There are two prominent theories um, that back the origins of the Easter Bunny. So where did this guy come from? So the first is the pagan tradition theory, which is saying that um, the Easter bunny comes from the festival of Eostre, goddess of fertility, whose animal symbol was a rabbit. And I want to use a direct quote here from the article that I read, quote, rabbits known for their energetic breeding have traditionally symbolized fertility. So that's right, the Easter bunny who children know and love may be derived From the crazy amounts of bunny lovemaking that rabbits are known for. Beautiful. How this relates to Easter kind of remains unclear. It's probably more closely related to springtime, which is often considered a time of new life and procreation. Bunny procreation. Also, springtime is when Easter occurs. Also, springtime is now. The second theory is the German tradition theory. In the 1700s, German immigrants came to the shores of America, and with them, they brought a tradition. Beer. That (laughs) tradition... Beer and delicious food. (laughs) Sausages. That tradition was of mythical rabbits who laid eggs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like platypus. (laughs) Oh, an Easter platypus, so that would be good. I
1: like that idea better. (laughs) Um, They called these egg-laying hares... Osterhas or Osterhaus. I love the German language so much. Um, those are not accurate pronunciations. But um, children made nests so that this bunny would come and lay its colored eggs in the nest. Um, other Americans heard about this tradition and then started exchanging small gifts on Easter morning left by the Easter bunny, um, including chocolate.
0: Hmm. Um. So I am 24 years old, Mm -hmm. the oldest child in my family, and um, every year, up until this year, we would do Easter eggs and Easter baskets on Easter because I insisted, (laughs) and this year they're not doing it because I'm not there. And like my brothers are just like, meh, I don't really care, so... (laughs) I, the 24-year-old adult, was a driving force behind us continuing to get Easter baskets and doing egg hunts that I got very competitive during.
1: No shame, girl. Just own it. Own who you are. I wanted to win. Okay. But I know that the only bunnies that I eat on Easter are squishy and covered in sugar and explode in the microwave. Gross. (laughs) So you're probably thinking about Marshmallow Peeps.
0: Oh, I was thinking of actual bunnies, because they also explode in the microwave. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> uh, marshmallow peeps are entirely different from bunnies, being that you can put them in the microwave and you shouldn't put real bunnies in the microwave.
0: I Live and learn, I guess.
1: They're an important Easter tradition nonetheless. So if marshmallow bunnies don't come from an ancient pagan tradition or Germany, where do they come from?
0: The rift in your closet. <laughs>
1: close the original peep wasn't a bunny at all but rather a marshmallow chick who could be bought in packages of five conjoined chick siblings they're so gross i love them so much i ate a bunch today they're (laughs) awful um they're manufactured by a company called just born in pennsylvania which was actually founded in 1910 by a russian immigrant named sam born who was really a pioneer of the manufactured candy world um and we will actually be doing an interview with Mr. Sam Bourne in a later episode, so just keep your eyes out for that.
0: Is he related to Jason Bourne?
1: <laughs> well, he's Russian. Of the Bourne so trilogy.
0: Probably not. Probably.
1: He, he was trying to kill Jason Bourne.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jason Bourne was trying to sell the peeps recipe. It's a secret subplot you don't see in the trilogy, but it's there. Definitely.
1: These delectable little chickies were originally handmade by a company that Bourne bought out. His son found a way to produce the marshmallow wonders mechanically, which really helped the company churn them out, just churn them suckers out, and churn them out they needed to. Because approximately 1.5 billion peeps are eaten every Easter. That is an insane amount of marshmallows to be consumed by a population on one holiday. Um, the bunny peep didn't show up on the Easter candy scene until the 1980s. So with the bunnies and chicks, your entire Easter marshmallow aesthetic is complete. You got a little bit of everything. But there is so much more that you can do with peeps aside from just eating them.
0: In fact, I recommend doing anything but eating them. Like, you could flush them down the toilet. That would be fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that would definitely clog your toilet. I would... I don't recommend that the sugar would burn holes right through your plumbing
0: <laughs> yeah it wouldn't be good for your septic system that's for sure just save your money and don't buy them in the first place or throw them in the garbage because they're literally terrible i don't know how they're so bad because it's just marshmallows and sugar but they're so bad
1: see i really like marshmallows so i feel like you have to like really like
0: marshmallows well that's what i'm saying i like marshmallows and i hate peeps
1: but do you really like marshmallows?
0: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Maybe I just ate too many when I was younger. Kind of like Jello. Maybe.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so if you hate peeps and you just want to see them die, you can try Beep, peep Jostine. Um, There is a video linked in the description of this sport because words literally cannot describe how awesome it is. You take two chick peeps, and it's very important they have to be the chick ones, and arm each with a toothpick. Um,
0: Do you know the science behind that, why it has to be the chick peeps?
1: um, Because the bunny peeps don't have arms. That's true. How cruel. (laughs) (laughs) But um, you put the two peeps on a plate in the microwave, and then you microwave those little mofos and see who is stabbed in the microwave joust. So um, the theory is as they get bigger, one of them will end up stabbing the other with a toothpick. Um, It's a truly jolly pastime to add to any family function. Another quirky tradition is the Peep Show Diorama Contest. There are several of these diorama competitions across the country, but all have the same basic rules. Create a scene where all the characters in the scene are marshmallow Peeps. Now the rules may vary from competition to competition, but that is the gist of it. I'll be linking the winners of the 2018 competition in the episode description for your viewing pleasure. Because this weird tradition is literally too just difficult to describe. It's just bizarre. The things that people create is just bizarre.
0: <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, but my personal favorite peep-related
1: tradition is consuming pack after pack with my sister and then feeling sick to our stomachs, which, like I said, I didn't celebrate this year because I only ate three marshmallow peeps. No one comes out a winner after eating that many peeps, though. We're all losers.
0: Yeah, no one comes out a winner eating any peeps any at all they're bad (laughs) i will it is my personal quest to take down the entire peeps corporation someone
1: is probably going to come and kill you now
0: that's probably true oh my god (laughs) (laughs) they're outside my window (laughs) they're they're scaling the walls (laughs) look out it's it's so easy to make dying in a mountain look like an accident (laughs)
1: Okay, but a little known fact about peeps is that they also work as stellar replacement tires if you Mm -hmm. get a flat while headed to some sort of springtime festival. Mm -hmm. Simply jam peep after peep into the hole or leak in your tire until the tire is completely filled with marshmallows. It'll be like you never had a flat at all. But you will want to get that tire changed soon because it's hard to resist marshmallow stuffed tire. You'll probably just eat the whole thing.
0: The bears will definitely tear apart your tire. (laughs)
1: Not good if you live in a bear infested area, (laughs) you will die. (laughs) Um, And honestly, I think this headline talked about all the important spring and marshmallow related things that I could possibly talk about in one episode. Let's move on to the next segment.
0: Today, while I was crying during my afternoon five minute power cry session, I decided it would be a cool change to try to cry onto a piece of paper. As I was getting the piece of paper out, I spilled my coffee, prompting a renewed wave of crying. The tears flew from my eyes with such force that they mixed with the coffee and formed a letter. It read, Dear Florence and Diane, Our family engages in competitive egg dyeing every year to celebrate the Equinox, my vehicle. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) It can get pretty cutthroat. Last year, Grandma was found in the woods stealing eagle eggs. Anyway, my in-laws bribed all the cashiers in our town and all the neighboring towns to prevent them from selling food coloring or egg dyeing kits to us. What are some other products I can forage for myself that can be used to create dyes so we still have a fighting chance at the grand judging next week? I need to win this. Sincerely, dying to Win. dying to Win, this sounds like the kind of competition I can get behind. To help you defeat your opposing family, we reached out to WikiHow to help us help you. Okay, so the first thing you need to do is to prepare to die. This means dying the eggs, but also dying actually. Come to terms with the fact that this competition could kill you. If you understand the risks, you are ready to proceed. Unless you put your whole life at stake for this, you have no chance of winning the golden egg, which I'm assuming is a prize. So once you've accepted the inevitability of your own death, buy large eggs. Grandma had the right idea by going into nature and stealing some, but you're going to want to think bigger. Import genetically engineered ostrich eggs. You want those suckers to be bigger than your head. Buying in bulk is your best option. You'll need at least two per person in your family, plus extras in case they break or hatch. And then have a contingency plan, because any genetically modified ostrich will kill you within 30 seconds. So you need a way to stomp that out very quickly. They are not afraid of anything. So many people will hard-boil eggs. They do this in case the eggs break, then you aren't going to get raw egg everywhere. That's one option, but that's not going to get you into the winner's circle. You need to go the extra mile in every step of the competition because you know what lies after that extra mile? That's right, the winner's circle. Really shock your opposing team, family, by fossilizing or mummifying the egg before decorating it. These options are other ways to preserve the eggs so they don't rot and help you show off your skills. But what can you diet
1: them eggs with in nature, them sweet, sweet eggs? Your first instincts might be to soak the eggs in a barrel of water to get a sky blue or set them in a field of grass to get a magnificent shade of green. Well, turns out eggs can't absorb color through contact. They must be soaked in a color of optimal effect.
0: So technically through contact. So
1: technically through contact.
0: (laughs) But not just exposure to nature. There we go. (laughs) Like There's more of a process.
1: So it's the best and most fun to dye those puppies with all natural ingredients. And one of the biggest perks of using natural ingredients is that after you dye and decorate the eggs, you can eat the whole thing, shell included, without any fear of toxic dye poisoning. This makes this already dangerous spring holiday much safer. Already our hotlines are being flooded with calls. But Florence, the callers are saying, what natural ingredients will actually dye our eggs? And will we have to perform a blood sacrifice to get them? No worries, troubled listeners. All these ingredients are easy for you to get your hands on and even easier to use. Here's a list of ingredients you can use to dye your eggs naturally. First up, the beets. Put the beets on the eggs. Turn up the volume, mostly high. Play some music by Dr. Dre to complete the circle. Let the music play on the egg for one to two hours. Eventually the egg will feel ignited by the music and turn a pleasant shade of red.
0: If red isn't your shade, try gold. Onion skin is a trick to this luxurious shade. First, peel the skin off of a yellow or brown onion and let it seep in hot water like tea. After the flavors are fully infused, chug down the onion skin water. You will lay a golden egg similar to the one in Jack and the Beanstalk, but it'll be solid gold and worth trillions. That won't mess up with the economy at all.
1: (laughs) Going green? You can use some of the nastiest leaves and grasses in the entire world, spinach and grass, to get that beautiful grass. <laughs> that good grass to get beautiful green eggs. With this one, you have to start with a chicken, hand raise a chick from a young age, and feed them only spinach and lettuce until their beak and talons are tinged green. Then
0: they will only lay eggs of
1: the best and brightest shade of green. How do you like that,
0: Sam I am? Um, But what if you're feeling a little blue? This one is probably the easiest to master and a great dye to get started with. Acquire two pounds of blueberries through your usual processes, hunting down a gnome who holds all blueberries prisoner and tickling him until he gives the berries up. Rest the blueberries and the eggs in a metal container and proceed to cry over the bowl until it is entirely filled with your salty tears. The sadness in the blueberries will give the eggs a nice marbled look.
1: Wowie! (laughs) But what if you're a damn adult dying eggs? You don't want any of this kitty stuff. Spinach? Puh. Grab that bottle of red wine that you were gifted. Start by drinking at least half of it until you're at the perfect level of lightly buzzed. Using science, insert the eggs you wish to dye into the wine bottle. This will take an open flame and a lot of swearing. Let the eggs ferment in the wine in a dark room for 10 years. They'll be a beautiful deep purple when you take them out.
0: Lastly, let's say you hate joy and you want the eggs to be brown. Because buying already pre-made brown eggs isn't enough for you, you want those bad boys to be turd brown. Brew some strong coffee. That's right, you can't even add any coffee creamer. Give the eggs each a pair of reading glasses, yesterday's newspaper, and a cigar that is lit but not being smoked. Maybe turn on the news or a sitcom about a dad trying his hardest. Tell the egg some jokes. The egg will say... I'm hungry. You'll say, hi, hungry. I'm dad. Nice to meet you. The egg will sink happily into this dad role and drink cup after cup of strong coffee until it turns a deep shade of brown.
1: Okay, so the egg dye is prepared, but you don't want plain old one color dyed eggs. You want some pizzazz. How can you liven these guys up in the natural way? Here are some of our top tips to get a little bit extra. Please note that these should all be done before you dye the eggs for optimal results. The rubber band trick. If you don't have any rubber bands available, any string or tapeworm will work just as well. Gently wrap your material around the egg and submerge it into the dye for some cool stripy eggs. So stripy, they may be confused for zebras and get sent to an animal sanctuary.
0: Use white crayon to write on the eggs before you insert them into your preferred dye. You can draw images depicting your favorite scenes from the Last of Us video game or your interpretation of what the feeling of falling asleep on a cloud of carefully made donuts would feel like. You can choose to use this space to advertise for a company. This is a good way to get sponsors to help pay for the eggs and the supplies. The eggs are big enough that you could probably sell one or two sections and still have room for your own creative art. Maybe this is the place that you write the next great American novel or a poem about making egg salad. You can get a great effect by using all of the dyes at once. This might be tricky, but with a lot of dedication, I truly believe that you can achieve this nearly impossible feat. It will definitely be worth the extra effort that it takes to simultaneously cry into a bowl of blueberries and finagle the entire egg into a wine bottle. You can achieve an ombre color by dyeing the egg a few months before and letting the egg grow out in a similar way that I did when I unintentionally had ombre hair. You can create a really cool marble effect by adding oil to the dye ingredients. Remember, the more complex and convoluted your egg dyeing process is, the more likely you are to win. Don't forget the most important part of the competition slash judging, the essay. Make sure you write a 7-12 to page essay explaining in painstaking detail every single step of the egg dying. With the advent of technology, you can now supplement this essay with your original mixtape and a laser light show. Good luck dying to win. I truly hope that you crush your family, in-laws, whoever they may be, and that you reign triumphant.
1: Hey Diane, do you want to bring us into the motivation
0: station? Choo-choo. Spring is in the air. Unless you are in the Southern Hemisphere, then happy fall, y'all. I hope you're enjoying your pumpkin spice lattes and getting ready for winter, possibly. Well, anyway, here in Wisconsin and in Colorado, we are all ready to welcome spring into our lives, even though Wisconsin literally just got like seven inches of snow. I'm so sorry, you guys. Just
1: got dumped (laughs) on.
0: Spring is a time when the earth seems to wake up again and put a spring in our steps. Sometimes though, it can be difficult even when the weather is nice. Florence, how do you keep an appropriate amount of spring in your step?
1: First and foremost, I completely transform my diet to be more reflective of spring. When all you eat is spring, it's hard to not feel springy. This consists of things like dandelions, radishes, and the gravelly gray sludge that all snow turns into once it starts melting. I usually mix these ingredients in a salad with a little balsamic vinegar for flavor. Then, like any good Wisconsinite, I literally talk about how nice the weather is constantly. Someone comes into my office, talk about the weather. Go into the chiropractor, talk about the weather. Walk past a stranger on the sidewalk, but I am too Midwestern to not ignore them completely. And have to talk about something, talk about the weather. Finally, again, because I am from Wisconsin, I stubbornly stop wearing a winter jacket, even when we get hit with an inevitable snowstorm in April like today. Then I am truly in the spring zone.
0: So I always have a spring in my step. I'm just a naturally bouncy person like that. So when spring comes along and adds some more spring to my step, I bounce halfway to the moon. My problem is that I need to reduce the spring in my step to take into account the extra spring that spring provided. In order to do this, I wear cement blocks as shoes. They offer surprisingly good arch support, and people leave me alone because I think they are afraid. When I am indoors, I use walking sticks but point them at the ceiling. That way, if I feel like I'm about to take off, I can prod the ceiling and use the force to keep me grounded. I love spring, but I can't handle another concussion caused by springing into the chandelier.
1: That's not a way to live, my friend. Today, a friendly friend left an Easter egg on my front step. From it hatched an alligator who rapidly aged into an adult and then ate me. That's the telltale sign that the podcast is coming to an end. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to what we had to say. If you like what you heard, subscribe to Paper News Out Loud for more great episodes. If you like what you heard a lot, leave us a review on iTunes saying what you liked. Please include a picture of a bunny. Any bunny.
0: If you're in love with what you heard, hide our podcasts in Easter eggs around your town. Please rate and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like us, please tell someone. And maybe even tell us. That'd be pretty cool. We appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening. I want to thank the mountains for accepting me as one of their own. I also want to thank Jake Harrison for allowing us to use his track, Title V, off of his album found on SoundCloud and Spotify. Thanks, Jake. You can find this music through the link or by searching at this.
1: And as always, we are looking to sh- showcase community art in a rotating segment creatively named Community Art. You can submit short poems or visual art to us through email at, at alternaterealityproductions at gmail.com, or you can email us just to say hi. We like that.
0: Also, thank you to the Almost Better Network for having us on the network. You can check out other cool shows there, like Almost Better Than Silence, Dumbbells and Dragons, um, Press Continue Podcast, and all that cool stuff. Anyway, so this is, since I moved, this is like our first time recording long distance, so I want to apologize in case the audio turns out really terrible, but we um, are glad that we get to have an episode this week instead of missing a week, so...
1: It's still out there, people. (laughs) You can't get away from it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We will not leave you alone. All right. Well, tweet us at Reality Out Loud. Use the hashtag ThinkWeirderThoughts. And then actually begin to think weirder thoughts. Share with your friends. We hope you learned a thing and made a laugh. Boo.
1: I'll have a thing. I know. Just um, maybe look out the window and start singing something related to Mount Go so tell it on the
0: mountain. Oh, right, oh, rocky Mountains high. <laughs> oh, bird the bird of fire, I feel like whoever sang that song is
1: died. <laughs> John Denver, and um yeah, I think he died in
0: 1993. Oh, he's turning into gray. Okay, I'm
1: gonna stop recording. Yeah, can so, yeah, yeah, yeah.